Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. Joe Biden denounces violence on all sides, but never mentions Black Lives Matter or Antifa, as the media sing his praises. Trump defends Kyle Rittenhouse and paintball gun-wielding protesters in Portland, and the media demand Trump visit with Jacob Blake's family. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protected at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Okay, so yesterday, Joe Biden traveled to Pennsylvania, not to Kenosha, Wisconsin, because he understood that the backdrop of burned cities, cities burned by people presumably who largely support him, would have been kind of bad. So instead, he went to Pittsburgh. He flew out of his basement to Pittsburgh. He spoke for approximately 12 minutes. He got back in his plane. He got back in his basement. That was his schedule yesterday. And in the process of those 12 minutes, he apparently did something great and phenomenal. He said, violence is bad. Violence is very, very bad, guys. Now, this is really not enough. And the way you know this isn't enough is because the riots continued in Portland last night. But saying violence is bad is apparently all that was required of Joe Biden. Now, that, that's kind of weird. It's a weird take because normally, if you're going to denounce violence, what you have to do is denounce the movement that is causing the violence. You have to denounce the people who are associated with the violence. You can't just come out and say, all violence is bad. This would be called obfuscating. In fact, it would be a form of moral cowardice to do the routine where there is violence in America's major cities and then you just say, you know what? I don't like things burning. Violence is not good. That is completely useless. In fact, it is not only useless, it is, it is counterproductive when you then go ahead and grant credence to all of the arguments of the people who are trying to literally burn buildings. And that's exactly what Joe Biden did. But the media have set up a bar so low for Joe Biden, so unbelievably low for Joe Biden, that it would be nearly impossible for him not to clear the bar unless he were actually dead. Now, I joke about Joe Biden being dead. And the truth is he's only about half dead, right? He's, he's only mostly dead. I've seen worse. I've seen worse. He's only mostly dead. So all Joe Biden really had to do, according to the media, was just come out and be like, rioting is bad and looting is bad. And that's it. That's it. And stay awake for 12 minutes and take no questions and turn around and go back to his basement in Delaware. And that's precisely what Joe Biden did. And the media celebrated. What an act of heroism. Where is Trump doing the same thing? Why can't Trump say that violence and looting are bad? Okay, Trump has said that violence and looting are bad. You know what else Trump has done? He has offered federal force to every major American city to help quell this stuff. And Democrats all over the United States have turned down the federal aid that President Trump has offered and then claimed that this is all Trump's fault. So this is really not about President Trump. These are not Trump supporters in the major cities who are burning and rioting and looting. And so far, the only evidence we have of somebody who is a Trump supporter killing anybody 
It probably looks like self-defense, which is that Kyle Rittenhouse case, which we'll get to in just a little while. Yet the media treated Joe Biden's statement yesterday as a unifying presidential statement. And this is very reminiscent of the treatment that the media used to give Barack Obama, who would make unbelievably divisive statements on issues ranging from race to riots. And then they would say, well, didn't he just bring the country together? See, Obama had a gift of speaking incredibly vaguely such that you could project your feelings onto him. And Joe Biden is a great front man for exactly the same thing. Because Joe Biden, as you'll see in the speech that he gave yesterday, he said the quiet part out loud. He said, do I look like a radical? Do I and, the, and the answer is no, he doesn't look like a radical. In fact, he looks like the front man for a radical group. Joe Biden looks like the guy they put out front who doesn't look radical, specifically so they can then make him his meat puppet, their meat puppet, and basically just manipulate him however they damn well please. And the way you can tell they are doing this is, again, an act of moral courage would be to say Antifa is evil and they are committing acts of evil. An act of moral courage would be to say that the Black Lives Matter movement has rioters and looters associated with it who are evil, right? That would have been the act of moral courage. And in fact, exactly that sort of moral courage was demanded of President Trump, quite rightly, with regard to Charlottesville, as I mentioned yesterday. But it's never demanded of Joe Biden. In fact, if you listen to Joe Biden's little address yesterday, I did a word count on it. Joe Biden name-checked armed militias. He name-checked armed militias or right-wing militias three times. He, he did not mention Antifa or BLM. He name-checked white nationalists once and white supremacists once. If you listened to his speech yesterday, what you would have gathered from it, if you'd come from Mars and just landed in the middle of this political cycle, you would have gathered that armed white bands of people who are right-wing were gathering in America's major cities and rioting and looting and robbing and burning. That's what you would have gathered from the speech because not once did he name-check the actual groups that were committing these acts of violence. Now, I've been informed by the left that silence is violence, that if you don't if you don't repeat the messages they want you to repeat, you're very bad. I've also been informed by the left. It's very important to say their names. Right? And so we have said the names of people on this program, and we've reviewed the cases of people on this program who were shot by police. And we've talked about the legal situations regarding each one of these people. We've talked about the George Floyd situation and whether that actually constitutes a second-degree murder or whether it just constitutes excessive force. We've talked about the Jacob Blake case. We've talked about the Breonna Taylor case. We've talked about the Rayshard Brooks case. Those are all names. We've said all of them here on the show. Well, if you're going to do say their names so that we can talk about the real issues at play in America, then you must, you must say the names of the groups that are actually committing the violence. Joe Biden didn't do that. In fact, Joe Biden played a rather nasty little trick and the media were completely complicit. They, the, the gap between what Biden should have said and what Biden did say was completely filled by the media. The media are now in the business of backfilling whatever they think Biden should say by pretending he said it. So let's go through what Joe Biden actually said, because this was apparently an earth shatteringly good speech, a very, very powerful, powerful speech that basically fulfilled all of Joe Biden's obligations. We're going to go through in detail in a way that the media will not today. We're going to go through Joe Biden's speech and we're going to talk about what he actually said and what he should have said and what he didn't say. And what he didn't say is, of course, the most important part of this particular formula. So Biden shows up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania against a backdrop of American flags looking not great. I mean, as we'll see Joe Biden kind of stumbled and bumbled his way through this one. And there's a reason that there's talk of him not debating President Trump. The man has clearly declined, which is a separate issue from the fact that he's a moral coward. But he began his speech by suggesting that President Trump is the one who is rooting for the riots, which, again, is a weird take, considering that it is Mayor Ted Wheeler, a Democrat in Portland, who has allowed riots to continue unabated for three straight months. That it was Seattle that allowed a full on communist terror state to be set up in the middle of their city, that it's Chicago 
that had to raise the bridges because the Chicago Loop was being ransacked. That it was Washington, D.C., where the suburbs were actually being ransacked in the middle of the BLM protests slash riots and looting. That it was New York City, where Fifth Avenue was being attacked, led by Bill de Blasio. None of these places tend to be particularly Trump-friendly, nor are the people who are rioting and looting doing so at the behest of President Trump. Those people hate President Trump. Yet here it was Joe Biden blaming Trump for everything bad that happens. Again, this was the theme of the DNC. Joe Biden and the Democrats continue to try and make the election referendum on Donald Trump's character. It's difficult to make it a referendum on Donald Trump's character when your party has poo-pooed Antifa. I'm old enough to remember because I'm more again than three months old when Republicans and Democrats held a hearing in the Senate and Antifa was mentioned repeatedly and Democrats literally refused to acknowledge that Antifa existed. Anyway, here was Joe Biden trying to blame Trump for this yesterday in Pittsburgh. The incumbent president is incapable of telling us the truth, incapable of facing the facts and incapable of healing. He doesn't want to shed light. He wants to generate heat and he's stroking violence in our cities. Oh, he's the one who's, first of all, stroking violence, stoking violence. I understand that everything looks like stroking to Joe Biden, particularly when he is in any sort of close contact with a woman who, uh, who is apparently not related to him. But no, he's not stroking violence in the cities, Joe. That would be the Democrats who continue to maintain lack of order in their cities. You know what stops disorder? Order. And you know what Democrats have not provided that? Okay, so then here is the part where everybody was like gaga over Joe Biden. What, what, what courage? Okay, so remember the narrative here. The narrative according to Joe Biden, and you'll see it play throughout this speech, is that Donald Trump is responsible for the rioting and the looting, that police brutality is responsible for the rioting and the looting, that white nationalists and armed right-wing militias are responsible for the rioting and the looting. It is not, in fact, radical racial activists who are going around burning and looting. It is not, in fact, radical communists and anarchists like members of Antifa. It is just those three forces. Those are the only ones that are bad. The only ones who are bad here are Trump, the quote-unquote armed right-wing militias, and the police. Those are the only three groups that are bad. So here he was going after the cops. And now we have to stand against violence in every form it takes. Violence we've seen again and again and again of unwarranted police shooting. Excessive force, seven bullets in the back of Jacob Blake, knee on the neck of George Floyd, killing of Breonna Taylor in her own apartment, violence of extremists and opportunists, right-wing militias. This is insane. Okay, this is an insane statement, and it's an act, again, of moral cowardice. We have to stand against violence in every form it takes. And where does he begin? He begins with the cops. The cops are the bad guys. Again, this is supposed to be the unifying speech. This is the guy who's going to bring the country together. He begins with the idea that the biggest problem in America is police violence, excessive force. And then the number one case he cites is the case of Jacob Blake, which is a nuts. OK, again, the case of Jacob Blake is a case where a man had an open warrant for sexual assault and domestic abuse. The only reason the cops were there is because a prior victim of sexual assault by Jacob Blake called the cops because that morning, according to The New York Post, he raped her again. He went into her room where she was sleeping with her kid and shoved his fingers up her. Okay, this is according to her allegation. The cops showed up. They tried to arrest him. He refused to be arrested. They tried to tase him. He wouldn't stay on the ground. He walked around the side of the car. He reached into his car. There was a knife on the floorboards of the driver's side of his car, and they shot him. And this is the number one case of violence in every form it takes, according to Joe Biden. And this is the great unifying speech. This is the great unifying speech. He cites George Floyd as, as one of these cases of, of the, the violence that is completely unnecessary. You can make the case on George Floyd that it was excessive force. And in fact, prosecutors will make that case. 
The case on second-degree murder is a lot less certain, especially because there are separate autopsies concluding that he died because there was an enormous amount of fentanyl in his system enough to kill a horse. The killing of Breonna Taylor may be a tragedy, but it was not, in fact, a, a, a law violation. They had a justly taken no-knock warrant on her apartment. There's a man in the apartment who shot at the cops, and in the crossfire, Breonna Taylor was killed. There's now very solid evidence that has been put forth that, Bri- that linked Breonna Taylor with drug trafficking. Okay, that does not mean that she should have died, but to pretend that what happened there was a result of police malice. And then who else does he cite? Violence of extremists and opportunists. What kind of extremists? What kind of opportunists, Joe? Who are you talking about there? I have no idea what that means. Who are the extremists? Who are the opportunists? And then right-wing militias. So just to, again, get this straight, Joe Joe Biden is condemning violence from all sides except for the people who he thinks are part of his coalition, Antifa and BLM. That is what he is condemning yesterday. We'll continue with this. This was the constant theme. And again, the media just filled in the gap for him. The media will go, well, now he's condemned all violence. Where's Trump condemning all the violence? He didn't condemn all violence. He condemned violence from people that he doesn't like. And he completely ignored the vast bulk of violence that's been happening in the United States since May. He ignored it and instead decided to cast that as a a right-wing problem, which is the highest form of gaslighting I've I've seen in politics in quite some time. And we've seen a lot of gaslighting this year. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let's talk about how frustrating it is to pay for something, then find out that you could have gotten a much better deal elsewhere. This happens pretty much every time you look at that cell phone bill. You're like, wow, why is this costing me like hundreds of dollars a month? I'll tell you why. Because you're paying for the marketing efforts by those phone companies. And not only that, you're also paying for unlimited data that you probably aren't using. Well, think of all the money you automatically give away with this. Now, if you got AT&T or Verizon or T-Mobile, they'll all want to charge you for data and perks that you'll never use. And this is why you need Pure Talk USA. Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars. It costs you half. No contract, no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, two gigs of data, all for just 20 bucks a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. So grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. When you do, you'll save 250 bucks off any iPhone, including the new iPhone SE. Again, that is pound 250. Say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk USA. Simply smarter wireless. Again, dial pound 250. Say keyword Ben Shapiro. Make the magic happen. Save money on your cell phone bill and get the exact same service. Again, Pure Talk USA. Pound 250. Say keyword Ben Shapiro to get started. Okay, Joe Biden continued along these lines. And this is the part, and, and now he's really getting going here, guys, because he says rioting and looting are bad. Now, it is true that 13 members of his campaign staff literally paid to bail rioters and looters out of jail in Minneapolis. It is true that his vice presidential, his vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris, joined that group and tried to have these people bailed out of jail. It is also true that the, that Members of the Democratic Party have routinely pretended that rioting and looting are not happening, and that if they are happening, they are the natural outgrowth of legitimate anger. That's the Ayanna Presley position. But apparently, Joe Biden said enough yesterday because he says, I know, again, the moral, the moral bar is so low here that all he had to say, according to the media, was, I don't like when people break into businesses and burn stuff. Here was Joe Biden saying he doesn't like it when people break into businesses and burn stuff. And to derail any hope and support for progress. The senseless violence of looting and burning and destruction of property. I want to make it absolutely clear, something very clear about all of this. Rioting is not protesting. Looting is not protesting. Setting fires is not protesting. None of this is protesting. It's lawlessness, plain and simple. And those who do it should be prosecuted. Violence will not bring change. It will only bring destruction. 
It's wrong in every way. It divides instead of unites. Destroys businesses, only hurts the working families that serve the community. It makes things worse across the board, not better. Now, I'm happy that he's saying that um, crimes should be prosecuted because it turns out that Democratic DAs all across the United States, Democratic states' attorneys all across the United States have decided to not prosecute people who have involved themselves in rioting and looting and violence. In fact, they've decided to let them out of jail. In fact, the man who shot the Antifa member who allegedly shot a Trump supporter to death in Portland the other day was arrested on June 5th, and then he was immediately released without any charges being filed against him despite a gun charge against him. So I'm glad that Joe Biden has decided to go back to being tough on crime, Joe Biden from 1994. Oh, wait, he's not going to do any of that. Okay, then, of course, Joe Biden moves on to his real point, which is that it's Donald Trump's fault. It's Donald Trump's fault. Now, in here is the implicit threat. The implicit threat here is that if Donald Trump is reelected, things are going to get worse. Elect me and magically all of this will disappear. Now, it probably isn't true because the truth is I don't think that Joe Biden is actually in control of the rioters and looters, as demonstrated by the fact that the rioting and looting continued last night in Portland, as demonstrated by the fact that we had major riots in the United States, in Ferguson, in Baltimore, in Milwaukee, while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. So this magical notion that Joe Biden is going to heal all divides and and patch over the American soul is sheer crap. I mean, it's just not true at all. But the threat is there. We'll get to Joe Biden's tacit threat, the tacit threat to the United States, which is if you keep electing people we don't like, then people that I like are going to keep burning things. We'll get to that in a second. First, let us talk about how important it is to protect your online data. I mean, you know, you know, there are lots of people who are out there to hack you. There's all sorts of malware that is out there to make your life miserable. There's ransomware that is designed to lock up files that you need unless you pay somebody exorbitant amounts of money. A lot of evil folks out there who want to invade your data. And this is why you need PCmatic. PCmatic is a next generation antivirus designed to stop modern threats like ransomware. Independent testing from AV Test just named PCmatic a top performer in the cybersecurity industry, giving it the best performance award for 2019. Only PCmatic has American research, development, and support. PCmatic's competition is foreign made, often in countries where the malware originates in the first place. PCmatic will block annoying and malicious ads for hassle free web browsing as well and make your computer faster and more reliable even after years of use. And what's best, it doesn't cost you very much at all. PCmatic is just 50 bucks for five devices for one year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. And if you act right now, PCmatic has offered my listeners a free month of security protection with the purchase of an annual license. Protecting your information, that's not something you should put off because you feel like you should have bought it two days after somebody hacks you. To access this offer, go to PCmatic.com slash Ben. Again, get world-class security that keeps your computer running great. Go to PCmatic.com slash Ben. That's PCmatic.com slash Ben. Okay, then Joe Biden continues. And of course, he blames Donald Trump. And the implicit threat here is if you keep electing Donald Trump, the violence will continue. But if you elect me, magically things will go away. Well, weird, weird. So either he's in control of the rioters or he's not in control of the rioters. But here was uh, Joe Biden making the tacit threat. Fires are burning and we have a president who fans the flames rather than fighting the flames. But we must not burn. We have to build. This president long ago forfeited any moral leadership in this country. He can't stop the violence because for years he's fomented it. You know, he may believe mouthing the words law and order makes him strong, but his failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting as an armed militia in this country shows how weak he is. Does anyone believe there'll be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? Hey, in other words, if you elect me, the violence will stop. By the way, it is amazing to know, amazing, this entire speech. At no point does Joe Biden say, 
Anyone who supports me who's out there rioting and looting needs to stop right now. I'm talking to, I may support the agenda of BLM, but if you are associated with BLM and you're rioting and you're looting, stop that right now. You're not doing good work. Antifa, if you're out there right now listening to the sound of my voice and I'm Joe Biden and you think that you're helping me out, you're not. Stop it. He won't say any of that stuff because he specifically will not call out anybody on his own side of the aisle. He won't. You think those people are Trump supporters? So while he's saying that armed militias are being emboldened by President Trump, it's not the armed militias that are causing the violence in America's major cities. This has been going on for months on end. Months on end. This is the, I mean, this was a seriously despicable speech. It really was. And the fact that everybody is trying to treat it as though it was a monumental statement of moral courage just demonstrates their own biases. Because if Donald Trump gave the same exact speech, if he gave the same exact speech, right, in reverse, it would be Charlottesville. And this would be the reason that Joe Biden decided to run. Okay, so here is Joe Biden saying, talking about the crises that are facing the United States. Again, you may notice one crisis facing the United States that he refuses to call out. He's going to name you a bunch of crises. And again, he's going to name check the white nationalists who, again, were not responsible for, like the white nationalists, they're responsible for a lot of bad things. They're evil. They They don't like people like me with my funny little hat and my Judaism and everything. Okay, they've literally targeted me. But here's Joe Biden blaming the white nationalists for a bunch of Antifa members and Black Lives Matter members running around burning things and attacking police officers and generally making life unlivable in in major swaths of American cities. We need justice in America. We need safety in America. We're facing multiple crises. Crises under Donald Trump have kept multiplying. COVID, economic devastation, unwarranted police violence, emboldened white nationalists, a reckoning on race, declining faith in the birth and of the right American future. This is an incredible litany that he puts out there. Again, the litany of issues facing the United States. This is a speech about violence and and looting and rioting. Here are the things that he names. COVID, which is not Trump's fault. Economic devastation, which is a direct result of COVID and of insane democratic lockdowns that continue in states like New York and New Jersey where there's no uptick and an extraordinarily low rate of transmission. Unwarranted police violence, right? He name checks that first. It's about the cops. The cops are bad guys. White nationalists, Okay, what do they have to do with anything going on in America's major cities? Again, even the cases where you've got the militia members who are showing up in these cities, Patriot Prayer is not a white nationalist group. Kyle Rittenhouse was not a white nationalist. A reckoning on race. I love the the soft peddling there. Oh, it's a reckoning, what we're watching, a reckoning. So when BLM burned cities, that's a reckoning, guys. It's a reckoning. But don't worry, this was, again, I've been told a statement of moral courage. And then Joe Biden says the quiet part out loud. He says, listen, I'm the soft face of the radicals behind me. And he says, look at me, look at me. I'm not, the, I'm not radical. I'm not a socialist. Do I look like somebody who's in favor of rights? No, you don't, Joe. You look like a corpse. You don't. You look like the dead front. You look like El Cid. You look like a dead man propped onto a horse so that the radicals behind you can charge forward to victory. That's what you look like. That is what Joe Biden looks like. That's why he's there. Okay, Joe Biden is not there. Maybe he's there because there are a lot of moderate Democrats who didn't want those people running the show. But in effect, what Joe Biden is, is a front man for that. He proved that by selecting as his running mate, Kamala Harris, who again was explicitly asking for rioters and looters to be bailed out of prison in Minnesota. Here was Joe Biden saying, uh, don't I make like a nice facade for all the radicalism, don't I? You know me, you know my heart, you know my story, my family's story. Ask yourself, do I look like a radical socialist with a soft spot for rioters? Really? I want a safe America, safe from COVID, safe from crime and looting, 
safe from racially motivated violence, safe from bad cops. Let me be crystal clear. Safe from four more years of Donald Trump. Okay, uh, again, that, that is amazing. That right now you're watching riots in the cities and you're like, oh yeah, that will keep you safe from Trump. Marauding orange bad man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, in a second, we'll get to more of the, this is Donald Trump's fault, because this is a bizarre case, like a really bizarre case. Remember, the people who are rioting in these cities are all people who are gonna go vote for Biden if they vote. None, not one of those people is a, is a Trump supporter, not one. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that as we slowly adjust to what's happening in the United States, it's now been months and months and months and months. One of the things you probably don't want to be doing is heading on over to the post office. This is why you should be using stamps.com. In fact, thousands of small business owners have discovered the benefits of stamps.com in recent months. I've been using stamps.com for years, so it came as no shock to me, nor as, as an additional benefit when everything that's been happening started happening. I already knew, but I've been able to inform you for a long time that Stamps.com is a better way of sending your mail. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office. And you'll save money with discounted rates you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts up to 62%, no residential surcharges. Again, here at Daily Wire, we've been saving our time and money since 2017. Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you might need directly to your computer. You can use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. So once your mail is ready, you just leave it for the mail carrier and they pick it up and you get great discounts too with Stamps.com. Five cents off every single stamp, up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates. Right now, my listeners get an amazing offer. Four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitment. That is a solid deal. Just head on over to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Shapiro. That is stamps.com and enter Shapiro at the top of the homepage for the special deal. Alrighty, so Joe Biden continues and he suggests that this is all about Donald Trump. It's all about Trump, right? Orange mad bad. So he says that Donald Trump is seeing a political lifeline here. So he is just going to engage in the tried and true media tactic of Republicans pounce. So Democrats do something terrible, and the problem is that Republicans are pouncing on the Democrats doing something terrible, which means that it's really the Republicans' fault. Here is slow old Joe. I look at this violence and I see lives and communities and the dreams of small businesses being destroyed and the opportunity for real progress on issues of race and police reform and justice being put to the test. Donald Trump looks at this violence and he sees a political lifeline. Okay, so it's all about Trump and his political lifeline. And then he says, the violence that we are seeing is in Donald Trump's America. So how exactly does Joe Biden make the case that violence in entirely blue cities with governors who are explicitly rejecting federal help from Donald Trump, that that is Donald Trump's fault. It's Donald Trump's America. Okay, by that measure, Ferguson, Baltimore, Milwaukee, like everything that happens in the United States that's bad falls to the president of the United States, which is really not how any of this works. We do have a federalist system and local governance tends to matter an awful lot. So what exactly is the argument that Joe Biden is really making? The argument that Joe Biden is really making is that if Donald Trump would just surrender to BLM, if Donald Trump would just do their agenda items, this would all stop. Okay, now this is where the radicalism really comes out. So he won't name check BLM, he won't name check Antifa. His real case is that if Donald Trump would be more forthcoming to the demands of BLM, they would stop. If Donald Trump would cower before BLM, if he would kneel when they want him to kneel, if he would say the slogans they want him to say, then they would stop. Now, never mind that Donald Trump actually pursued and put into law criminal justice reform, precisely the opposite of the program that Joe Biden pushed in 1994. Right? Forget that Donald Trump has pardoned a variety of people, including Alice Johnson. Right? Forget all of that. 
What Joe Biden really wants is for Trump to pledge fealty to BLM. And the idea here from the Democrats, because this has always been an inside-outside game, you have rioters in the streets, and then you have Democratic mayors and politicians, this is going on for generations, who have said, if we just cave to the demands of the rioters, then all of this will stop. Here is Joe Biden making that explicit. If Donald Trump would just cave to the demands of BLM, who, by the way, have not made any credible demands, then all of this would stop. So this is, again, the threat of violence. It's just Joe Biden using BLM and Antifa as the threat of violence. I find it fascinating. Quote, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. And what's their proof? The violence we're seeing in Donald Trump's America. Donald Trump adds fuel to every fire because he refuses to even acknowledge that there is a racial justice problem in America because he won't stand up to any form of violence. He's got no problem with right wing militia white supremacists and vigilantes with assault weapons, often better armed than the police, often in the middle of the violence at the protesters and aiming it there. Okay, now that is a a subtle reference to Kyle Rittenhouse, who was there to provide medical aid and protect private property, and then somehow ended up separated off from the main group and by video evidence shot three people in self-defense. Okay, that is what the video evidence tends to show. There's a full New York Times rundown of the play-by-play on that. But apparently Rittenhouse is the bad guy This is all about right-wing militias. It's all about Donald Trump. But buried in there is the line that matters most in this whole thing. He says that Donald Trump adds fuel to every fighter because he, to every fire, because he refuses to even acknowledge there's a racial justice problem in America. In other words, if you don't speak and believe, if you don't say that the police are systemically racist, then that is the problem. In fact, if you just repeated all of our favorite slogans, then all of this would go away, right? The violence would stop. Now, again, not true. Barack Obama repeated those slogans, and it didn't seem to matter one damn iota in Ferguson or Baltimore, Milwaukee. But this is the Democratic case. We will do the work of the agitators, and then all of this will go away. Joe Biden continued, and he said that if he were president, the country would be safer. Why? Why? Because he would repeat the slogans that BLM wants him to repeat. Because he would mouth the platitudes that are false about the systemic racism of the United States and the evils of law enforcement. Again, this is, this is if, if you want to be blackmailed, vote, vote for Joe Biden where you must say, repeat, kneel, or the riots come for you. Here is Joe Biden again. Frankly, I believe if I were president today, the country would be safer and we'd be seeing a lot less violence. And here's why. I have said we must address the issue of racial injustice. I've personally spoken to George Floyd's family and to Jacob Blake's family. I know their pain, and so do you. I know the justice they seek, and so do you. They've told us none of this violence respects or honors George or Jacob. I believe we can bring these these folks fighting for racial justice to the table. Okay, so the characterization of the people rioting and looting is that they are fighting for racial justice. That is literally the characterization he just used. Who the hell is he talking about? Bring them to the table? That's usually language reserved for people who are, quote unquote, not at the table. In other words, doing violence outside the system. He says that if you just say the police are bad, that if you, quote unquote, address the issue of racial injustice, and he uses as case in point, Jacob Blake, again, a man who had just allegedly raped a woman when the police were called on him and then was reaching for a knife on the floorboards of his car by available evidence when he was shot. That if you just cater to the needs and whims of that particular movement, then all of this goes away because those folks will come back to the table. So that is what Joe Biden is pledging. He is pledging fealty to BLM, right? And to the radicals of BLM, not even the broader kind of movement of people who may be marching in good faith, believing that if they mouth slogans, they will make the world a better place. 
And Joe Biden then continued, and he said more cops have died from COVID than have been killed on patrol. So he's trying to downplay the danger to police officers that's happening in the United States right now. Now, as somebody who routinely speaks to police officers across the country, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous and insane. Police officers are walking off the job. They're getting ready to retire. They're getting ready to quit. They're getting ready to move out of major American cities because they are scared to death that if they defend themselves, that if they defend the public, they're going to be brought up on charges by people like Joe Biden. Okay, my, my favorite is, is his suggestion that the great damage to the police is COVID. Listen to the stat that he cites. I mean, this, this is just plain, it's plain dishonesty with stats. Here, here is Joe Biden. More cops have died from COVID this year than, than have been killed on patrol. Nearly one in six small businesses is closed in this country today. Do you really feel safer under Trump? Okay, that's an amazing statement. When he says that more cops have died from COVID than have been killed on patrol, ask a cop, are they more afraid of COVID or are they more afraid of being on patrol right now? That's, there's no question what the answer is. Everybody knows the answer to that question. By the way, if we're going to do that routine, more people have died from COVID then. Okay, more people have died from COVID than have been killed unarmed by the police by a factor of, oh, about 10,000, literally 10,000. But apparently, this is a moment requiring racial reckoning in the United States, according to Joe Biden. Joe Biden wrapped up this politically motivated bleep show by then suggesting at the very end, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm not banning fracking. I'm not going to. It was this weird, bizarre moment where in a, in a speech about bringing the country together and supposed racial unity and ending violence and looting, he's like, and oh, by the way, I'm in Pennsylvania and I like fracking now. There's Joe Biden. And this is just so nakedly partisan and political. It's unbelievable. I am not banning fracking. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking. No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. This future, the future, that's what this is all about. Okay, he's not, he's not banning fracking. Okay, just quick note. Um, he has said before that he would uh, ban fracking. Here, here, here he was. This is just a couple months ago in New Hampshire. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. new pipeline infrastructure? No, yes, yes, yes. No new pipelines. He, he has said in open debate that he wants to end fossil fuel reliance, which involves fracking. He has said that he wants to end permits for new fracking. But don't worry, he's not going to ban fracking. He's not going to affect any of the jobs in Pennsylvania. Now, here's the reality here. Joe Biden is a, as I've said, he is a facade for a much more radical movement. Everybody knows it. And he is not much of a facade at this point because he's falling apart. There's a reason that he showed up and he gave a speech and then he ran away before anybody could ask him a single question. And by the way, I, I have no doubt that no journalist will ask him to actually by name condemn Antifa or BLM and its excesses or even the excesses of BLM, let alone BLM as a movement. But the reason that Joe Biden is arriving and doing these little speeches and then running away before the press can ask him a question is because he is not he is not with it. Here was a piece of his speech yesterday. Again, he was on script, right? He's reading from teleprompter. And here was Joe Biden almost falling off the stage. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. What? He's not even speaking English anymore. He's just speaking senility, apparently. But don't worry. If you mention this, by the way, if you mention that Joe Biden has diminished, obviously, in terms of his faculties, which is clearly and obviously true, if you mention that at all, then Jamel Bowie, the poor man's Ta-Nehisi Coates, will, will suggest that uh, you're engaged in a conspiracy theory because you're using your eyeballs. Stop that. And in a second, we're going to get to President Trump and his response to all of this. And it is imperfect, but, 
far closer to right than than uh, Joe Biden's ridiculous response that was feted by the media yesterday. We'll get to more of this in a second. First, let's talk about how hard it is to do hiring on your own. It is really difficult. You get like enormous numbers of resumes. A lot of them are just bad. It's very difficult to filter them out or to keep them straight. You just got a bunch of papers on your desk. How do you figure out who to hire and who not to hire? And how do you make sure that you're getting the best cross-section of people to hire? Well, this is why you need ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter will send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter will scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then actively invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Now, let's say that you have an employee who not only once dated a person who trained wolves, but then for no reason at all, after that person demonstrated full scale that they were not particularly with it, decided to maybe even get back together with that person. You might judge you, you might judge that person, would you not? You might think, would I hire that person? Should that person continue to draw a paycheck? I mean, this person clearly lacks common sense. I mean, I'm not going to name names like Nick, but if you were to think that that person needed to be replaced, the place that you would go is ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. All right, we're going to get to more on the chaos that is racking the nation, President Trump's response to all of this. First, as part of our Daily Wire audience, there are a number of ways that you can take in the podcast and bathe in it. You could listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another podcast app. You may also watch our podcast on YouTube, Facebook, or over at dailywire.com. Bottom line, we're making our content available to you anywhere you watch or listen. And now we're introducing a new upgraded experience. Daily Wire is now on Apple TV and Roku. So members can enjoy all of the visual elements on this podcast on your big screen, either live or on demand. You can see every magnificent pore of this beautiful face. Find The Daily Wire on Apple TV or Roku and download today. You have to be an insider member to watch live. So head on over to dailywire.com slash Shapiro and use code watch at checkout. You get 15% off your membership purchase when you go to dailywire.com slash Shapiro and use the code watch at checkout because I like watches and also you should watch. This deal won't last long. So act fast if you want live shows on your big screen plus the one of a kind, highly coveted leftist tears tumbler. Again, that's dailywire.com slash Shapiro. You get 15% off with code watch and download the Daily Wire on your Apple TV and Roku today. Another great announcement for you, gang. The Ben Shapiro Show Sunday special is back. All new episode this week featuring Candace Owens. We'll be talking about the 2020 election, George Floyd, Cardi B, and tons of other good stuff. So don't miss out this Sunday, September 6th. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Alrighty, so President Trump has responded to Joe Biden. Uh, in a variety of ways. So on, on Monday afternoon, uh, he he suggested on Fox News that the radical left is in control of these cities. So Joe Biden keeps saying this is Trump's America. Weird, because everybody in these cities is blue. Here is Donald Trump going off on the radical left. If it weren't Donald Trump's America to just use the expression as I'm president, uh, you would have riots like you've never seen. The, the Democrats have lost control of the radical left. And if you look at Bernie and the, I call it the manifesto that was agreed to with Biden and his group, that's further left than Bernie ever was. They won't be able to control these people. These people have lost, they have lost control of these people. Okay, that is absolutely true. And then Trump went on, he said, BLM is a Marxist organization. Now, it is incredible how the media continue to deny this is the case. Of course, the organization called Black Lives Matter, which was at the root of this originally, right? They were the most organized group on the ground. And they were the ones who organized the protest. 
They are an overtly Marxist organization. They literally claim that they are Marxist. But apparently, if you mention this, this is bad. This is sort of like when you say that rioting and looting is bad and we should use federal force. And then the media and the Democrats, they're like, you're talking about protesters. Like, no, I'm not talking about protesters. When Trump says Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization, he doesn't mean that every single person who has marched with BLM is a Marxist. He means the organization is legit Marxist because they are. Here was Trump yesterday. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. You remember pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. That was the first time I ever heard of Black Lives Matter. I said, that's a terrible name. It's so discriminatory. It's bad for black people. It's bad for everybody. And all of a sudden it becomes like sort of, although now if you look, it's going way down because people are tired of this stuff, what's going on, the Black Lives Matter. If you look at what's going on with the bats and the, the, a lot of thugs. Okay, well, uh, again, fact check true. I mean, when you're watching what's happening in the major cities and they are Black Lives Matter associated, hey, uh, show me the lie. Okay, and then Trump went on. He said, you know, Joe Biden, he's getting credit for, you know, condemning violence and rioting and looting. The only people that he blamed here were not the agitators and the looters, right? He literally said, he literally said that we need a racial reckoning and that it's my inability to, this is Trump, and it's my inability to speak with the, with the racial agitators that is causing all of this. And then you blame the cops, right? So Trump correctly tweeted, just watch what Biden had to say. To me, he's blaming the police far more than he's blaming the rioters, anarchists, agitators, and looters, which he could never blame, or he would lose the radical left Bernie supporters. Again, fact check true. Then Trump continued, he said, Biden can't calm this stuff down because in fact, he is a puppet, which again, you can't argue with this because it's true. Biden, just like Nancy Pelosi, I'm old enough to remember when Nancy Pelosi suggested, I keep using the phrase I'm old enough to remember because again, it ironically underscores the fact that Democrats are changing their positions on everything moderate to everything radical within 30 seconds. Nancy Pelosi was very much opposed to the radicalism and anti-Semitism of some members of the squad until she decided to water down a resolution and then back them in their primary races. Joe Biden is exactly like Nancy Pelosi. Here was Trump saying Biden can't calm this stuff down because he's not the one in charge. Biden won't calm things down. They will take over. They will have won. If Biden gets in, they will have won. He's a weak person. He's controlled like a puppet. So it's not going to be calm things down. It's going to be they will have won. They will have taken over your cities. It's a revolution. You understand that. It's a revolution. And the people of this country will not stand for that. Okay. Then the media chimed in. So the media want answers from Trump. And they want answers on a couple of subjects particularly. Both are subjects where Trump really should not be sounding off. One, the media want Trump to sign off on Kyle Rittenhouse. That is a case under investigation. The best possible evidence at this point, including videotape and witness evidence, suggests that Kyle Rittenhouse shot three people in self-defense. All three people that he shot had significant long criminal records. They were outside agitators who were inside Kenosha. Okay, Kayleigh McEnany, the White House press secretary, was asked about the Rittenhouse case and and Trump's opinion on it, and here was her answer. The president condemned the actions of Kyle Rittenhouse, who is accused of shooting some of the protesters. Um, the president um, is not going to, again, weigh in on that. Um, uh, you can ask him this evening. He may weigh in further, but at the moment, um, he's not weighing into that. Okay, well, that would have been the correct response. Then Trump was asked, and Trump, of course, immediately steps all over that because he says, well, it looks to me like self-defense. Now, accurate? Should he be sounding off on legitimate law enforcement cases? No. What he should be saying at this point is there's an investigation underway. I'm not going to sound off on an ongoing investigation, which, by the way, is what every president should say under any ongoing investigation. Barack Obama also had this unfortunate habit of jumping into cases where he didn't have the evidence and just sounding off on them. And this is the part of the modern presidency I probably like the least. I even agree with what Trump is saying here on the merits. 
I just think that it's a bad look for the president of the United States to be sounding off on ongoing law enforcement investigations. Here was Trump yesterday. That was an interesting situation. You saw the same tape as I saw. And uh, he was trying to get away from them, I guess, it looks like. And he fell. And then they very violently attacked him. And it was something that we're looking at right now, and it's under investigation. But uh, I, I guess he was in very big trouble. He would have been, I, he probably would have been killed, but it's under, it's under investigation. So people are like, he's defending Kyle Rittenhouse. So first of all, his description of the video is so much more accurate than anything the media are putting out. <laughs> okay, what the media are putting out there is the Kyle Rittenhouse. They tried to call him a white nationalist. And then they suggested that he went there looking to kill. Okay, so let me give you an example. MSNBC, there's a, an analyst named John Heileman. He literally last night on MSNBC called Rittenhouse a domestic terrorist with intent to murder. This is a thing. Here was John Heileman yesterday. The core part of that story is a white Trump supporting MAGA loving uh, Blue Lives Matter social media uh, uh, partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. It might at least make some of them think, OK, Donald Trump has not completely lost it. This is not a totally grotesque, inhuman force in the White House. At least he's acknowledging that it's terrible that a black man got shot in the back seven times. And it's not good that a 17 year old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. OK, now the other topic that the media definitely wanted Trump to comment on is whether he's going to meet with Jacob Blake's family. Let me make this clear. No president of the United States should ever meet with the family of a man who was shot by police while trying to resist arrest for an open domestic violence and sexual assault warrant after being called to the home of a woman who reported that he raped her. I do not think that merits a presidential visit. Do you? I'm confused. So if you rape somebody, you allegedly rape somebody, you resist arrest, you go for a weapon in your car by the available evidence and you get shot. The president is supposed to go to your family's house and talk to them about how to run the country. I feel like we have some elements here that are not quite lining up. I don't I don't feel like, the, by the way, that should be the response from the White House. Like usually Kayleigh McEnany is very, very aggressive. She's a lot more soft spoken on this question than I would have been. Here was Kayleigh McEnany yesterday. Does the president have any plans currently to meet with Jacob Blake's family? Currently, the plans are to meet with local law enforcement um, and some business owners and he'll survey the damage. But there will be more detailed plans forthcoming that are announced. Okay, so no, they should not meet. And then Trump was asked about it and he said that he's not meeting because they wanted their their attorneys present and all of this. By the way, the attorney, Benjamin Crump, who is always first on the scene whenever there is a, a shooting that involves a white officer and a black person or anything remotely like it. And then we'll just mimic lies. I mean, Benjamin Crump went out there and he originally said that Jacob Blake was trying to break up a fight between two women. There's no evidence this is true, right? He said that he was trying, he was a good Samaritan. And then he tried to walk away from the cops and none of that ended up being true. But here is President Trump trying to make an excuse for not meeting with Blake. What he should say is, I typically don't meet with the families of people who are alleged rapists, who then get shot by the police in the process of attempting to resist arrest by all available evidence. That's it. If he wants to go a little softer, he could just say, I don't meet with the families of people who are under active criminal investigation. Could do that too, right? But instead, we get this, this kind of soft stuff. I spoke with the pastor, wonderful man, the family's pastor, and uh, I thought it would be better not to do anything where there are lawyers involved. Uh, they wanted me to speak, but they wanted to have lawyers involved, and I thought that was inappropriate, so I didn't do that. But I did speak with the pastor of the family. 
who's a fine man, a wonderful man. And uh, I think we had a great talk. And uh, I may at some point, you know, do that. Okay, he shouldn't. He shouldn't go talk to Jacob Blake's family any more than Michael Brown's family should have been put at the forefront of the BLM movement. The BLM movement has a very bad habit of picking actual criminals to defend, who, who attack police officers, who resist arrests, who commit actual crimes, which suggests that really it has nothing to do with the facts on the ground. It has to do with, with purveying a narrative. Okay, then Trump did an interview with Laura Ingram last night. And in his interview, he had some rather controversial statements, some good, some bad, because with Trump, you always have to take the good along with the bad. So here are some of the bad. Trump suggested that the officer in the Blake case, it was like missing a putt. It was like people choke. It was like missing a putt. Now, again, this was probably a legally justified shoot by all available evidence. But here is Trump comparing it to a missed golf putt. I mean, like, th- this is not useful in any way. They choke. Just like in a golf tournament, they miss a three-foot putt. You're not comparing it to golf because, of course, that's no, what the media I'm saying say. people yeah. choke. People, people, people panic. choke. Yeah. And people are bad people. You have both. You have some bad people and you have, they choke. You could be a police officer for 15 years and all of a sudden you're confronted. You've got a quarter of a second to make a decision. If you don't make the decision and you're wrong, you're dead. People choke under those circumstances. Trump was also asked by members of the media about people who were who were in Portland and who were using paintballs on Antifa protesters. Now, he is correct here. He says they were firing paintballs. They weren't firing bullets. And also what he should have mentioned is the reason they were firing paintballs and mace at people is because those people were actively attempting to block their trucks and do them violence. And here's President Trump saying that paint isn't the same as bullets. They had large numbers of people that were supporters, but that was a peaceful protest. And paint is not and paint is a defensive mechanism. Paint is not bullets. Uh, Your supporters, your supporters, and they are your supporters indeed, uh, shot a young gentleman who uh, and killed him, not with paint, but with a bullet. And I think it's disgraceful. Okay, he is right about that. Okay, he is right about that. By the way, it is also true that Trump did, in fact, say that he does not want his supporters acting like law enforcement. He did say that. Okay, now the media is going to ignore that. But he he did say it. Okay, here's Trump saying it. Do you want your supporters to confront the no, left-wing protesters no. or do you want to leave it to law enforcement? No, I don't want them. I want to leave it to law enforcement. But my supporters are wonderful, hardworking, tremendous people. And they turn on their television set and they look at a Portland or they look at a Kenosha before I got involved and stopped it. They're looking at all of this and they can't believe it. They can't believe it, whether it's my supporter them, or not. But you don't want them showing no, up. No, I try don't. To... Well, it's a peaceful protest. I mean, they were right. protesting. Okay, again, he is, he is not wrong about all of this. Okay, meanwhile, President Trump is slated to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin today to talk. Members of, of the local Democratic Party are very upset about it. They're members of the Kenosha City Council, some of whom are Republicans, who are very excited about it. And Trump explained last night the reason that he is going to Kenosha. He says, I'm going there to thank law enforcement. By the way, not inappropriate considering the law enforcement is in fact under assault in Kenosha. Here was President Trump explaining. Why is it important for you to be seen by the people of Wisconsin now? Because I am a tremendous fan of law enforcement and I want to thank the law enforcement. They've done a good job. And when the governor says that I shouldn't come or he'd prefer that I not come, I'm the one that called him 
and said, Tony, you got to bring out the National Guard. Well, I don't really want to do it. Tony, you got to bring it out. And unlike your governor of Oregon that just keeps saying no, he agreed to it at least. Okay, so it is not inappropriate for the president to go out there and defend the police because Joe Biden is assaulting the police in his in his verbiage. I mean, there's no question. His entire speech yesterday was predicated on the notion that the cops are the bad guys. Meanwhile, the cops are, again, under assault all over the United States. An LAPD station in Van Nuys was vandalized and an American flag set on fire last night. Well, actually, that was over the weekend. Several protesters, according to FoxNews.com, vandalized an LAPD station Friday night, set an American flag on fire. About 50 protesters gathered in Los Angeles Van Nuys neighborhood around 11 p.m. wearing masks and dark colored clothing. And, uh, and then spray painted the elevator saying, y'all gonna lose, pigs. Good times. Portland. More riots last night in Portland. Antifa rioters smashed up businesses. A riot was declared for, what, the 90th, 93rd, 94th straight night over in Portland. Here's a little bit of that video. Ironically, Mayor Ted Wheeler, who has spent the last several months pretending that the rioters don't exist and the looters are his friends, uh, he was victimized by them sitting outside his condo and firing fireworks directly outside his condo. So it was not in honor of his birthday. It was in honor of them thinking that he's a stupid idiot because he is, in fact, a stupid idiot. Okay, meanwhile, there was, uh, there, there was more happening over the weekend. There's a mob chanting death to America, so adopting this sort of language from Iran, which is great, in Oakland on Sunday night. All of this seems like this is going really well, and Joe Biden condemning white nationalists will probably solve it. Here is, here is the footage from Oakland on Sunday night. I feel like that we should just bring them to the table. All we have to do to bring these folks to the table is presumably mouth some slogans about systemic racism in the United States. Probably that's that's the solution. We can expect that there will be some violence tonight in Los Angeles. After all, protesters began to gather after L.A. sheriff's deputies shot a black man during a confrontation. Um, he punched a police officer and also had a handgun, by the way. Uh, I know that that's a sub headline, but. We are, we are supposed to pretend that the only thing that matters is the color of the people as opposed to the activity of the people. According to ABC News, protesters gathered in South LA Monday night after a Los Angeles sheriff's deputy shot and killed a black man who they say had a handgun and was fighting with them. The shooting occurred Monday afternoon after two deputies pulled over a man who was riding a bicycle in violation of vehicle laws. According to Sheriff's Department Lieutenant Brandon Dean, the man then got off the bike and ran off and deputies ran him down because when you resist arrest, they'll run you down, right? You know, when you get pulled over for a bicycle violation, probably should just take the ticket. According to Dean, our suspect was holding some items of clothing in his hands, punched one of the officers in the face, and then dropped the items in his hands. The deputies noticed that inside the clothing items he dropped was a black semi-automatic handgun, at which time a deputy involved shooting occurred. The suspect was struck several times. Both officers fired their weapons. Deputies recovered the handgun the man had been carrying. The investigation is currently ongoing. And Black Lives Matter LA started protests last night. Thank God they remained mostly peaceful. And when I say mostly peaceful, I didn't see any elements of violence. It didn't stop racial agitators like Tariq Nasheed online from trying to claim that certain incidents were in fact acts of violence that were connected with all of this. They, they were not. There was, a, there was a car that was driven into a shoe store uh, it had not, on Melrose. It had literally nothing to do with this as far as we are aware. Uh, it was unconnected. to, to the, It didn't stop Tariq Nasheed from tweeting that out. Also, Tariq Nasheed tweeted out that a white Hispanic, I'm not kidding you, white Hispanic was responsible for the shooting. 
White, Hispanic, basically now anybody who is bad can be categorized as white. Okay, the, the, the police officer in this case was, in fact, Hispanic. But apparently he's a white Hispanic because everybody who is bad is white, according to the racial radicals. Now, you can tell why all of this is happening. The reason that all of this is happening and the reason that the Biden campaign is responding is because they are concerned that there's going to be movement in the polls. In fact, there's an Emerson poll out today that shows Biden up just two points. People are treating this as an outlier poll, but Emerson is, in fact, a good polling outfit. That is a wildly disparate poll from the morning consult poll that came out showing Biden still up eight nationally and up large in every major swing state. Which poll do you believe? Well, I mean, I tend to believe the poll that shows a tightening of the race because historically, after conventions, things tighten. And two, because I think everybody has the gut level feeling that the riots and the violence in America's major cities are not going to play well for the Democrats. In fact, the Washington Post, Philip Rucker, is openly admitting that the Biden campaign is concerned that around Detroit, there are a bunch of Blue Lives Matter signs that have been going up. Here was Philip Rucker yesterday. There is concern there uh, that these images and that this law and order message from the president is working to start to pry away some of those white voters. I was talking to uh, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell the other day. She represents a suburban Detroit district, and she said she drives around her district, and she has seen a lot of Blue Lives Matter signs uh, popping up in suburban neighborhoods, and that has given her serious pause, uh, and she's been communicating that with the Biden campaign. Okay, well, it should be giving them serious pause. And there's a reason that Joe Biden basically stayed in the basement until he had to jet to Pennsylvania for five seconds. The media have come up with a bunch of alternative explanations for what's happening. And their alternative explanations range from the bizarre to the plainly insulting to the intelligence. Uh, Daniel Dale, who's the supposed fact checker over at CNN, who's a radical lefty. Uh, Daniel Dale, he suggested, this is his fact check on Antifa. He suggested that Antifa is, quote, a loose collection of anti-fascists. So here he is. I mean, that, that, that amounts to effectively a defense of Antifa. They're not anti-fascists. They are, in fact, fascists who are doing mob violence to people in the streets. But here is fact checker from CNN. An apple is an apple and a banana is a banana, except when a banana is an apple. Here's Daniel Dale. He also said that Biden's speech today was strange, and he specifically criticized him for not naming Antifa. It's true that Biden didn't mention Antifa, this loose collection of anti-fascist, but Biden issued a broad condemnation of violence, rioting, looting of all kinds. So yes, he didn't say that word, but it's not like he carved out some sort of exemption for Antifa. This was a broad-based condemnation of Antifa-like tactics. That's unbelievable. I mean, that is such unbelievable water carrying for the Biden campaign. So it's true he didn't mention Antifa, but he did condemn violence across the board. I, I look forward to all such statements being treated this way, going back in time to Charlottesville. All broad statements condemning bad things happening are now sufficient, apparently, for everyone in the media, unless you're a Republican, in which case you have to be extremely specific about who it is you're calling out. Because there's the excuse making by the media. And then there are members of the media who just say bizarre, incredible conspiracy theories. So Angela Rye on CNN, who can always be counted on for a bizarre conspiracy theory, she says that what's actually happening in these riots and the looting are infiltrators trying to discredit the movement. Oh, oh, it's all infiltrators, is it? Right, so it is true. They're outside agitators who are going into Kenosha and making trouble. It is also true that we saw broad, spontaneous riots and looting in virtually every major American city springing directly from BLM protests. Okay, but apparently it is all outside agitators, maybe white supremacists or something who are going undercover. Here is Angela Rye promoting this conspiracy theory. Call out the president and make him condemn that violence and not talk about these fringe uh, people who are out here wearing the banner and acting as if they're affiliated with Black Lives Matter, but are in fact not affiliated at all. I'm willing to bet you 
over and over again that those folks have no affiliation with the actual movement and they are just a part of what we have seen historically in this country and that is infiltrators designed mm. to undermine mm. the desired need and the firm pursuit of justice. Oh, so that's what it is. It's probably a bunch of secret right-wingers who are attempting to discredit the movement. That's a theory, except for how we've been showing footage for the past several weeks of actual Black Lives Matter spokespeople calling openly for violence throughout the United States. So th there's that. Meanwhile, CNN's April Ryan, who can always be counted on for some good reporting. April Ryan, who is a, a political analyst for CNN. She suggests that Trump is instigating a race war. Trump is instigating a race war. Uh-huh. Here, here she was last night on CNN. This president, Donald John Trump, has instigated a race war in America. Portland, Oregon is ground zero. This president, Donald John Trump, has basically stoked the flames for racist extremists, neo-Nazis, and the alt-right. People are now afraid of this president because he has stoked the racial flames. And let's call the thing a thing. He has now begun a race war in America in 2020. Trump has begun a race war in America in 2020? Really? Was it him? Because it seems to me that the people who have been stoking the racial flames for years on end are people who claim that the entire system of America is racist, that you're either racist or an anti-racist. Uh, one of the things that was amazing about Biden's speech yesterday is Biden did this routine where he said most police officers are good. We like most police officers. And I pointed out that means absolutely nothing when you suggest that the police are systemically racist. Because when you say systemically racist, what you mean is that the entire system of policing is racist which means that you're either complicit in that system or you're anti the system, right? This is Ibram Kendi's model of thinking. You're either racist or you're anti-racist. So it doesn't matter if you're a good person and a nice person. If you're complicit in a system of racism, you are, in fact, one of the operators of the racist system. So who's, who exactly has started the, the who's maintaining the racial conflict here? Who is stoking racial conflict? Who is stoking a race war here? Donald Trump, I love how she uses Portland as an example of this. In Portland, it's white people fighting white people. It is really not Black Lives Matter in Portland. It's Black Lives Matter in Kenosha. It's Black Lives Matter in, in Chicago and L.A. and New York and D.C. It is not Black Lives Matter in Portland. It's a bunch of white people. So the, this ground zero in the race war is a bunch of white people shooting at each other in, in Portland and really one side shooting the other in Portland. But this is the, the new narrative. The new narrative pushed by Dana Milbank over at The Washington Post is that Trump is trying to foment a race war. He's trying to foment a race war. He says, when the president's supporters, often armed, drive into cities to provoke racial justice demonstrators. Oh, it's provocation now. If you take over major American cities like Portland and you take them over full scale and you do violence every night, that is not a provocation. It's that people are driving with American flags on their truck. What a provocation. You mean you took advantage of America's free speech rights to drive a truck with an American flag into a major American city? Obviously, pro uh, obviously provocative. Obviously your fault. Trump calls them great patriots. His convention glorified vigilantes who took up arms against protesters, disgraceful anarchists and thugs in Trump's telling. Are you talking specifically about the McCloskeys? You know, the family who like stood on their porch because people were threatening them with violence after breaking into a private gated community? Dana Milbank? The president declares the backlash against demonstrators by his supporters cannot be unexpected and says the only way you will stop violence in high crime Democrat cities is through strength. Again, none of that's racial. He proposes that the far-right militia member who allegedly killed two protesters in Wisconsin acted in self-defense. Fact check. He probably did act in self-defense. How's that stoking a racial war? But again, this is the media narrative. It's a media narrative that is backed by the Biden campaign. The media and the Biden campaign are completely inseparable at this point. That is perfectly obvious. And you should be aware of this when you watch the media coverage of everything that comes next.
Alrighty, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. You're listening to The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pava Wydowski. Our associate producer is Nick Sheehan. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. There are no riots, and the riots are all Trump's fault. As one media lie dies, they come up with another one on the spot. But we'll look for the truth on The Andrew Claven Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.